0: a hurricane, I am a tree bending beneath the weight of His wind and mercy. When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory, then I realize just how beautiful you are. Oh uh.
1: Great.
2: Did a good job, didn't they? They had a good deal. Those young people use their talents for the Lord. Um let's see. Who can I pick on the uh put this letter back in this envelope? Keep up with that. Uh this Tonight, for a little while, go ahead and uh, open your Bibles to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, <clears throat> The uh, let's see, I'm going to pick on uh, uh, Jonathan, I'll pick on you. Have you ever, no, you stay there. Have you ever heard of a, a news broadcaster or anybody by the name of, have you ever heard of this name? Paul Harvey. Know, sorry, Patrick, have you ever heard of Paul Harvey? No. Dale, have you ever heard of Paul Harvey? Okay. <laughs> Let's get back down to this generation. And that used to be And I know this illustration Will only work for those that are about 30 High 30s and up But there used to be Younger generation (laughs) A famous radio Newscaster Broadcaster And by the name of Paul Harvey Very famous Great voice My goodness what a voice A very distinguished voice I remember driving down the Road or wherever I was with, and I remember all the time when I'd used to been to work many times with my dad being in the patrol car with Dad, and we would always find that station at twelve o'clock. He would have the news, and uh at five o'clock on that same station would be the show called that's right the rest of the story, and a uh, great show, awesome. And I was listening to his news one day and he said, by the way, this just happened in the Kansas House of Representatives. Reverend Joe Wright has just upset everybody in Kansas by a lot of times. They'll ask different preachers from the area to to come be the guest chaplain for the day. And you'll get to open the se- session or close out a session with a word of prayer. Well, they happened to ask this. Uh, and, a matter of fact, just to make sure that my memory was not in the subject tonight is prayers that work. Prayers that work. And I wanted to make sure my memory wasn't playing tricks on me. I re-looked it all up. <laughs> make sure that something wasn't, because my memory's decent, but... Every now and then things will run together So I looked it up And so Reverend Joe Wright And he Upset the entire House of Representatives In the Capitol building In Kansas The state of Kansas This happened January 23rd 1996 So this wasn't too long ago In my book anyway (laughs) And uh, as members of the Kansas House of Representatives stood and bowed in prayer at the opening recent session. Some were shocked and offended by what they heard. A a heartfelt prayer of corporate confession, forgiveness, and divine guidance. One representative walked out. Another sat down in protest. The Wichita Eagle reported, and the house came alive with a flutter of agitation that comes from offense and its often loud response. I've never heard in ten years as divisive and sanctimonious and self-serving, overbearing pr- prayers I heard this morning. One representative said. However, Reverend Joe Wright, who offered the prayer, said, prayer's prayer, and I'm praying to God when I'm praying, and I'm not up there to put on the show. I'm here to pray. I don't do it any differently in public than in private." Here is the full text. Of Reverend Joe Wright's prayer And you may have heard of this You may have been listening to Paul Harvey that day Or maybe seen an email forwarded through the years There have been a few Heavenly Father We come before you today to ask your forgiveness And seek your direction and guidance We know what your word says Woe to those who call evil good But that's exactly what we've done We've lost our spiritual equilibrium and inverted our values. We confess that we have been ridiculed or ridiculed the absolute truth of your word and called it moral pluralism. We've worshipped other gods and called it multiculturalism. We've endorsed perversion and called it an alternative lifestyle. We've exploited the poor and call it the lottery. We've neglected the needy and called it self-preservation. We've rewarded laziness and call it welfare. We have killed our unborn and called it choice. We've shot abortionists and called it justifiable. We've neglected to discipline our children and call it building self-esteem. We've abused power. We've called it political savvy. We've coveted our neighbor's possessions and called it ambition. We've polluted the air with profanity and pornography and call it freedom of expression. We've ridiculed time-honored values of our forefathers And called it enlightenment. Search us, O God, and know our hearts today. And try us and see if there be some wicked way in us. And cleanse us from every sin. And set us free. God, guide and bless these men and women who have been sent here by the people of Kansas. And who have been ordained by you to govern this great state. Grant them your wisdom to rule and may their decisions direct us to the center of your will. I ask in the name of your Son, the living Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And, uh, whoo, man. Uh, I doubt you could hear a pen drop because of the uproar. And that, uh, from what I've read, I had, again, I re looked it up to make sure it was accurate, but prayers at work, there have been and definitely are. Some powerful prayers in the Bible. A matter of fact, one of my favorite expressions is found here in First Thessalonians five seventeen. First Thessalonians five seventeen. Many of you have heard just three words. Matter of fact, the second shortest verse in the Bible is verse sixteen, which just says, "Rejoice evermore." The only reason it's, uh, of course, not any shorter than Jesus wept. It has more letters in it. And, uh, but this verse it pray without ceasing. I've called it since I've been here, popcorn prayers. That's those little short prayers that you utter throughout your day. And you may hit, you may hit over a hundred of them during the day. It just depends on how your day is going or how in tune you are with the Lord. And uh, that's those prayers you're saying all day long. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Lord, I need your help. I need some strength. Lord, help them. Lord, I just read on the or saw on Fox News where there's a hurricane over there in the Philippines. Lord, help those people. They may be five-second prayers all day long. It may be somebody just pulled out in front of you and you barely missed them. You said, Lord, whew, thank you that I was not five seconds earlier and just stuff like that but that's what it's talking about when you pray without ceasing what it means is it's not running around the eyes shut all the time As you don't have to have your eyes shut that's just a posture of reverence you don't have to have your eyes shut to pray though and you can pray driving down the road talking to the lord and uh me and kenneth were, he's gone to meet josh pray for him and uh over in jackson so he's not here tonight we were talking the other day and and uh he was practicing his cantata at a red light, and he said people on both sides were looking at him, and because uh, he was I, I, I. all they can see is his mouth moving while he's in that little red toyota truck and uh getting after it, and so I just thought that was cool, but you might be doing that praying, and people might look at you funny, but hey, just let them look. And uh, your mouth will be moving and going. You're just talking to the Lord. And your eyeballs is open. The Lord, he's loving it. He's loving it. If you're talking to him, it doesn't matter. If your heart is bowed, that's all he wants. That's what he's after. He wants your heart to be bowed. He's not worried about your knee. Uh, people can show off on their knees. It's, you know, we come up here and people, the prayer altars are open. But there's something about. You know, God, you know, if we do it, just, you, there's no way you can get around trying to think what others think. That's really what you're laying aside. When you come pray publicly, it's not required. But what you're doing is you're saying, you're throwing out what, what do people think. You're throwing that out the window. And uh, and you're just saying, I've got to go do business with the Lord. And so when you have that attitude, that's what gets God's attention. When you have that attitude So I just want to talk about prayers uh, That work uh, Head now to the book of Luke chapter 18 And uh, this is two famous prayers In this passage of scripture I love <clears throat> uh, That uh, Reverend Joe Wright's prayer It's one of my more famous ones uh, That I've heard through the years And when Paul Harvey said it Boy I was amen just like y'all were just saying uh, and to just imagine, that prayer is almost 20 years old. Almost 20 years old. It doesn't seem like 1996 is almost 20 years ago. But it's unbelievable. Uh, Luke 18, 1 through 8 is about never giving up. Never giving up in your prayer life. And y'all know this story. Uh, verse 2 says there was a... uh Well, let me back up to verse 1, sorry. It says that men ought to pray and not to faint. What does that mean, country boy language? Don't give up. Verse 2. There was a city had a judge which feared neither God nor regarded man. Basically, he said, I ain't scared of anybody. I'm not scared of anybody. Basically, he's thumbing his nose up at God, too. I ain't afraid of God, either. Ooh, you know, and that's what this guy did. But there was a widow... And, uh, in that city, she got God's attention. She got this man's attention. Reason being is that Jesus is telling this story about her said, uh, Would you avenge me of mine adversary? Verse four. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, Though I fear not God nor regard man, apparently, some reason or another, I think he feared her. <laughs> He just, I'm just, you know, he could have just uh, went through the back channels and have her taken out. But no, he said, you know, I'm, I just know everybody already knows my situation. Because you know what I think? I think she was doing it publicly. <laughs> she just that in front of everybody. Hey, while before the courtroom closes, that fellow over there is doing me wrong. <laughs> everybody knew the situation. And at the end or beginning, I don't know when, but apparently she pestered him a lot. And what it is, I think that this is showing our attitude of our prayer. Do you have a prayer life that's feeble or strong? Do you have a prayer life that's determined? Or it doesn't... I don't know why I pray. Everything I pray for doesn't work out. And uh, that's what the Lord's trying to tell you. Never give up. And then the next part, beginning with verse 9 is uh, what I call prayers that uh, are sincere, prayers that are not hypocritical. And this is, of course, about the two men. Verse 10 says, and the two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. Oh my goodness, this fellow's self righteous. Look at him. He says I'm not an extortioner, I'm not unjust, I'm not an adulterer, I'm not even you see that publican, that IRS agent sitting out there? I thank the Lord I'm not like him. He's got the most unpopular job in the county. And uh based and you know how good of a Christian I am, Lord? What does it say? I fast twice in the week. And do you did you see how much I wrote my check for? last week was it say and I give tithes of all that I possess he probably had some hidden in offshore accounts that only the lord knew about he thought he was hiding it from the lord but and the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven but smote his breast means god be merciful unto me a sinner I tell you this man went down to his house justified rather than the other for everyone that exalted him I hit the hit the wrong button there moving that out of my pocket <clears throat> one other prayer I want to look at one of the neat, neat prayers that happened back in the early 2000s first chronicles chapter 4. In verse 10, actually verse 9, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, in verse 9, it's a prayer of Jabez. Again, what is the title of the message? Prayers that work. Uh, So many times we, we neglect something that's so powerful, yet so simple. How's your prayer life? Now, right now, I'm encouraging everybody to rebegin, refresh, renew your daily Bible reading. Why? January one's a good time to start. If you, you can start early, if it's it's okay, just start start early. Any time. Uh, if you have a smartphone, there's free daily Bible readings that are really easy to take advantage of. Free, free. I like free. (laughs) I like free stuff. That's good stuff. Salvation is free. God already paid for it. He did. He paid for it with his blood. There's another thing free. Prayer. And prayers that work. Jabez has only got a smidgen in the Bible. Smidgen. Just a little bit. That's all that we know about him. Matter of fact, in this, and I don't think it's in this chapter, I preached a sermon one time. It said, uh, I forget which one. I'll look it up. And this guy's name is only mentioned one time. And it says this. I forget his name. Shafar. We'll call him Shafar. Lived 175 years and died. That's it. That's all the Bible says. Well, man, he could have done great things But what if that's all he did? Lived and died. You've got a certain amount of time. What are you going to do with it? And a lot of it can come down to your prayer life. Prayer is free. Daily prayer. Pray without ceasing. Popcorn prayers all day long. I know this. I'm definitely. I know. I don't have. There's no tricks up my sleeve. There's no, there's not, if we're going to do anything as a church, we don't need gimmicks. We don't need uh, programs. We have ministries. But if we're going to be a church that's on fire for the Lord and you want to take your family and this church to the next level, all we need to be is a Bible reading, praying church. Bible reading, praying, church—everything else, it'll take care of. You'll want to help the poor. You'll want to be nice to others. You'll want to be kind. You'll want to love people. You'll want to be Christ-like. You'll actually, instead of seeing people, you'll start seeing lost souls around you. If all you do is read your Bible and pray, that's it. No, you don't have to have gimmicks. You don't have to have tricks. It's not a 12-step program. There's, I mean, there's nothing. ministries are great, and we got them. All they are is opportunities to serve. That's all they are. I don't care if this Christmas you carry a turkey to somebody or you coach a basketball team. It doesn't matter. You're serving others. <laughs> if you're giving them a turkey or you're showing them how to do this correctly in the name of Jesus, it doesn't matter what you're doing as long as your heart's right and it'll be right. If we are praying Bible reading church members, praying Bible reading family members, praying in prayer without ceasing again and be bold enough to say, we've sinned, God, I've messed up. And by the way, that last little part where he said. When Reverend Joe Rice said, search me, O God, and see if there be any wicked way in me, that's David's famous prayer out of Psalms 139. And just a famous prayer. And so it's not simple, excuse me, it's not difficult. It's easy to live for the Lord and to do right. Jabez, First Chronicles 4, 9, was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez because I bear him with sorrow And Jabez called on the God of Israel. Here's a short prayer. Short prayer. But it's one of the most famous ones in the Bible. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. Folks, there's nothing, nothing wrong with you asking God to bless you. Lord, bless me. I need your blessings. And enlarge my coast. You know what that means? It means I'm... I've only got this much responsibility. Lord, if you think I deserve more, give me more opportunity. More responsibility. Enlarge my coast means I've got more stuff to take care of. And then he says, and that thy hand might be, with me, might be with me, and thou wouldst keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And notice what the Bible says. And God granted him that which he requested. Woe answered prayer well lastly is judges 16 and uh go ahead and head that direction and this is what i call the prayer of a second chance the prayer of a second chance this is of course samson's prayer and he had wasted uh everything he had uh laid his head in the lap of sin Confessed it all, gave up everything he had to Delilah And uh, let's begin reading with Judges 16 and 28 Judges 16 28 says this And Samson called unto the Lord And said, O Lord, remember me I pray thee And strengthen me I pray thee Only this once O God, that I may be at once avenged of my Philistines, of the Philistines, for my two eyes. Samson totally blew, blew his opportunity to be. A great judge for Israel. He's a famous judge. He's no, he wasn't a great one. He's famous. Why? Prove. Take a jawbone and take out an army. Whoa, man! He could take a shovel and dig a field in one day. Boom! Just boom! He could do it anything. He's he was faster than a John Deere tractor. Boom! You rip things up. Uh I love that preacher preached one time and and remember he grabbed those foxes and tied their tails together and lit them on fire. Somebody said that was the first tail lights in ever in existence, and uh that's awesome, you know, and bend and stuff along the way. great guy, excuse me, strong guy, famous guy, but he messed up he blew his opportunity. Matter of fact, God did, God. I mean, think about it. This fella has messed up royally and brought shame to God. And he has the audacity to pray for this miracle strength one more time. You have the audacity to ask the creator of the universe for one more favor. This tells me some, I've heard people say that Samson was lost. No, he's just like me and you, red-blooded male, messed up, looked one too many times, fell for the wrong woman, was unfaithful to everybody, his roles, his responsibility, his family, and unfaithful to God. That's what the Bible says is called spiritual adultery. Have you ever thought about that? There's fleshly adultery and then there's spiritual adultery. If we're unfaithful to God, that's spiritual adultery. But guess what God gave him? A second chance. And he did. And he he slew the enemy. The enemy was tormenting Israel. So I hope and pray that you will not neglect your prayer life.